It's a story about greed, and they need to be held accountable. Good idea, Governor. Can do. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950. KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for you on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Meanwhile, as Stephen Colbert likes to say, (laughs) uh, we've got a bit of a pause of sorts in the hot impeachment action uh, today for change, Uh, at least for the moment, at least mostly giving us the chance to catch up on a few things that we've had to put off in recent days. How do you feel about that, Desi Doyen? I feel pretty good because there is so much that's going on that really isn't getting the proper attention it deserves. Well, correct. And uh, a lot of that is out here in California where we uh, hardly have a dearth of breaking news today. Uh, What we are seeing is some pretty extraordinary temperatures and dry conditions for late October out here in California. Uh, Los Angeles, where we are, is expected to top out here at uh, 94 degrees today in late October. When, uh, by the way, the average high is supposed to be about 75 degrees this time of year. Yeah, those were good days. So we are about 20 degrees hotter than the average, or what used to be the average anyway. And along with the hot desert winds this time of year, known as the Santa Anas, we are back to not just fire watches, but fire warnings and evacuations to go with them today. Uh, Despite new shutdowns of the power grid by several private companies across the state, most notably the largest Pacific Gas and Electric, or PG&E, whose fallen power lines have been found to be the cause of several particularly deadly fires in recent years out here and who have been, uh, frankly, too concerned with profits for shareholders 
uh, to worry about public safety. So they have yet to bury their power lines, despite the obvious need to at this point or take other measures. Oh, you know, like maintenance that they're required to do for, you know, decades. Right. And so, no, but, you know, that costs too much money. And so uh, now with this extended fire season due to global warming, things are getting worse and worse and worse. PG&E is now in bankruptcy due to their billions of dollars in liability for their uh, past failures and fires that they have started and uh, that have killed people. And the governor spoke about them today. I'll get to that in a second because he's right on target, as far as I'm concerned, about this terrible company and a number of others around the state. But as we go to air today... Uh, to exceptionally hot and dry air, I should add. Pushed by wind gusts topping 70 miles per hour, a monster brush fire spread rapidly overnight in a rural section of Sonoma County, threatening communities and forcing mass evacuations, according to the L.A. Times today. Fire officials ordered all of Geyserville, a community with a population of about 929 to evacuate after the fire crossed a highway and continued moving west towards homes in the area. Uh, the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office said in an advisory on Thursday, if you are in Geyserville, leave now. Several structures were already lost to the fire. Uh, yet another one in the heart of California's wine region and the, uh, and the Geyser's geothermal facilities also reported some damage in the area. Are you familiar with the geysers? Yes, um, it's a it's a geologically active area with lots yeah. of hot springs. And yes, there is an old geothermal plant that's there. Several, I believe. It's actually the largest geothermal plant uh, in the in the country. Yes, and I, well, and I did also read that it has not been confirmed that the geothermal uh, facilities had anything to do with this. So we've got to wait on uh, confirmation on what actually might have triggered well, that particular fire. They say they don't. They say uh, they do. not not believe that their facilities caused that fire, that they had uh, de-energized the local grid before this fire due to the wind conditions. Firefighters worked in cons uh, consistently hot, dry, and windy conditions throughout the night, which made it difficult for them to reach certain areas of the steep terrain that was being consumed by the fire overnight and into today. According to a spokesperson for the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, uh, as of Thursday morning, there were 10 air tankers and helicopters being used to fight this monster fire. Luckily, for now anyway, in a rural area, but uh, ground crews were attempting to uh, contain the, the blaze. The wind-driven Kincaid fire, as it's uh, now being called, has now burned an estimated 10,000 acres and has zero containment. Uh, at least uh, as of uh, an hour or two ago, according to Cal Fire, um, evacuations have been ordered for a number of communities in the area. The Sonoma County Fairgrounds has now opened as an evacuation center. Weather conditions in the area have created a severe fire danger, according to the National Weather Service, uh, with wind gusts reaching 76 miles per hour overnight. And you know what that is? That's a Category 1 hurricane equivalent. Really? Yes. 76 miles per hour. 74 is the Category 1 equivalent, uh, but that would be for sustained winds. Now, these are just gusty winds, but that's a lot of really fast wind. And uh, different from a hurricane, the humidity levels oh. here are in the low teens. 
but by Thursday morning, at least, the strongest of the winds has subsided, at least for now. That's the good news for the moment. But firefighters, uh, while they may uh, you know, get a brief respite later Thursday and Friday, uh, as the winds are expected to die down significantly, there is another stronger wind event expected to hit the San Francisco Bay Area by the weekend with winds potentially topping 80 miles per hour. Uh, the fire comes two years after a series of blazes devastated Santa Rosa and other wine country communities, leaving dozens dead and thousands of homes lost in that fire. That's the uh, the Tubbs Fire of Sonoma and Napa counties. I'm sure listeners re- remember that. Uh, that started in October 2017. It killed 22 people. It destroyed more than 5,000 homes. And so residents of Santa Rosa today are understandably on edge uh, as uh, this uh, fire is burning to their north. Um, the mayor, uh, David Hegley said it's scary for a lot of people. He said by 9 a.m. there were a number of evacuees at a community center there where mental health services are now being offered. I can only imagine how horrible and terrifying this would be for anybody, but for those communities which have already faced season after season of this at this point, deadly season after season, um, I, I I can't even fathom uh, what they're going through right now. Hagley, uh, Mayor Hagley said the uh, mental health services are really important when you have these traumatic events, especially this close to the anniversary of the Tubbs fire. Our whole county has been affected by that. Large swaths of California are facing red fire, uh, red flag fire alerts this week because of the high temperatures, the low humidity, and the strong winds. The fire danger has prompted preventative. Uh, power outages in many areas, including parts of wine country. In all, more than half a million utility customers could lose power this week. And I think when they refer to customers, Desi, I think that means uh, a single home would be single, one customer. Right. right? A single right? account would be a customer. But that also, of course, households have more than one person. So could be, you know, easily a, a million, million people yeah. that individuals that are affected could lose power, not due to the fires, but due to the private utility companies who have failed to maintain their power lines for years, most notably by refusing to bury them so that they can't fall and spark these fires because that would just be too costly to their shareholders' profit margins. Never mind how much death and destruction it is now causing uh, season after season on behalf of, you know, shareholder profit. Here's California Governor Gavin Newsom speaking about exactly this today. While I want to chalk it up as someone who believes deeply in, that the hots are getting hotter and the dries are getting drier and the wets are getting wetter, that it's just climate change, it's more than just climate change. And it is climate change. But it's more than that. And this relates to PG&E. It's about dog-eat-dog capitalism meeting climate change. It's about corporate greed meeting climate change. It's about decades of mismanagement. It's about focusing on shareholders and dividends over you and members of the public. It's a story about greed. And they need to be held accountable. I don't think any objective observer can look at Pacific Gas and Electric and suggest that that entity, that corpus that operates in so many counties across the state 
can possibly survive. They're in bankruptcy already because of their choices. But when they come out of bankruptcy, that has to be a completely reimagined company. And we are doing everything in our power to make sure that that is indeed the case. But as it relates to the other utilities, they also need to be held to account. Edison and SDG, they better get serious about partnerships with the state of California for months and months. For close to a year now, we've been meeting on a consistent basis every damn week with these guys, laying out protocols, and they're not meeting those protocols. I don't think they get it. But they're about to get it. We have a new director of the Public Utilities Commission. We have different oversight capacity. They will be held to account. They better step things up. This is simply unacceptable. 21st century in a state like ours, an economy as vibrant as ours, with all our capacity and ingenuity to see this kind of disruption, potentially putting the lives of millions of Californians at risk because they can't access critical care or even water in some cases, is unacceptable. I will forgive them the new realities and the acuity of a climate crisis of which we are feeling its impacts perhaps more than any other state in the nation. But I will not forgive them for not making the kind of investments in their equipment, hardening and undergrounding and anticipating this new reality of which they have had ample time to anticipate. Good for him. Governor, uh, California Governor Gavin, Gavin Newsom there. Uh, he's been on the job just for the past nine months as governor. He was lieutenant governor before that. Uh, but boy, is he on target with that. Indeed. He's been after PG&E to clean up their act. And uh, it may actually take action from the state legislature in order to force PG&E to do it. Yeah, we just need to take over that company at this point, the state of California. He's right on the money. Dog eat dog capitalism, meeting climate change, greed, meeting climate change. That's what this is about. And this is actually documented stuff. This is not just some politician who's trying to attack some company. Actually, in the bankruptcy court, the bankruptcy judge for PG&E noted that PG&E focused only on giving $4.5 billion to its shareholders over the last 10 years, rather than the maintenance that they are required by law to conduct. And I think we're just on the sort of bleeding edge of all of this when it comes to climate change and when it comes to these private companies, uh, you know, not preparing as they need to, as they've been warned for so many decades. It's not like the science has not been staring them in the face. The uh, fires are not only being seen in southern, in uh, northern California, they're also down here in southern California today. There's a fast-moving brush fire fanned by these strong Santa Ana winds uh, that erupted uh, on Thursday near the San Bernardino National Forest, that quickly charred about 75 acres, forced road closures and mandatory evacuations. They're calling it the Old Water Fire. It ignited also just after 2 a.m. and began rapidly th uh, chewing through dense brush along the hillside next to neighborhoods, according to the L.A. Times. About an hour later, officials began evacuating neighborhoods amid uh, concerns that the gusty winds could send those fires toward homes at the base of the hillside. I can only imagine the terror and the confusion and the disorientation of being woken up in the middle of the night and told that you must evacuate immediately. 
I guess it uh, beats the alternative, but uh, it's got to be terrifying. Uh, There are roughly some 80 homes in this particular North San Bernardino neighborhood uh, that are under mandatory evacuations. Voluntary evacuations are in place in the city of San Bernardino, which means a lot more people. Officials say that residents in those areas should be prepared now to leave at a moment's notice. The fire had zero, no containment as of Thursday morning. Uh, with roughly 400 firefighters battling the blaze, successfully stopping the forward movement of the fire. Uh, But officials fear that Santa Ana winds in the forecast for the region may cause the fire to move towards homes, and there are quite a few of them in that area. Forecasts of strong Santa Ana winds, temperatures in the 90-degree range down here, and low humidity prompted the uh, National Weather Service to issue red flag warnings through 5 p.m. on Friday for much of Southern California, including San Bernardino. Thursday's evacuations came amid power outages in San Bernardino County and elsewhere, prompted by fire weather. Southern California Edison, no angels uh, them either, as you heard the governor mention them as well. They have already uh, shut off power to more than 17,000 customers in five counties, including Kern, Riverside, Los Angeles, San Bernardino, and Ventura. And uh, they are monitoring uh, another uh, 286,000 more customers for potential shutoffs as the day progresses. More than 7,000 customers in San Bernardino County are currently without power. So please be careful out there, you folks in our northern and southern California listening areas, and be prepared with a go bag including valuables that you may need to take with you, a a full tank of gas in your car. And given the fact that the power companies are now preemptively shutting off power, I guess we all need to take extra precautions uh, to deal with that possibility, even if we don't have to evacuate at any given time. But the uh, possibility that we could be without power for an extended amount of time. Indeed. And, you know, this is something that actually applies to everybody across the country, no matter what state you're in. Even if you don't feel like you have a wildfire danger, you also have other dangers that are potentially about to hit your location. That extreme weather disasters, things that come up suddenly. Uh, So it's good to be ready. Uh, You can go to ready.gov, which is the federal government's, uh, the FEMA uh, uh, list for what you can pack into your go bag and things that you should do with your family in order to make sure that you are ready because these things are going to happen. They're happening more quickly now and uh, it's accelerating with climate change. So be ready. We will have a bit more on the costly effects of our newly extended wildfire season out here in California as uh, human-caused global warming continues to wreak its deadly and very expensive uh, toll on all of us. And, of course, as Republicans in D.C., beginning with the president of the United States, continue to make matters worse rather than better. Uh, That'll be in our latest Green News report a little bit later. You know, I sort of missed the days when the presidents uh, simply ignored the dangers of climate change rather than actively making them worse as this reprehensible administration is doing and actively killing Americans with their environmental policies, which we'll also discuss in the GNR a little bit later. Uh, Well, just because we're taking a breather mostly from impeachment news today doesn't mean we're able to stay away from Trump administration corruption, unfortunately. So a couple of days ago, we covered the fact that the 
uh, long, ridiculous investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server while Secretary of State had finally come to an end with Trump's own State Department finding after a years-long investigation, quote, no persuasive evidence of systemic, deliberate mishandling of classified information. Who could have guessed it? Of course, it was that pretend scandal that was ignited and continued by the corporate mainstream media throughout the 2015 and 2016 presidential campaign season and uh, exploited to no end Yes, it still continues today. They still chant, lock her up at Donald Trump's campaign rallies uh, in response to that, to that fake scandal. Of course, it was in hopes of finding a similar pretend scandal to use against Joe Biden in 2020 that Donald Trump now finds himself hip deep in uh, this impeachment inquiry. But when covering the blessed end of the years-long faux scandal over Hillary's use of a private email server, we also noted earlier this week that Trump's own daughter, uh, Ivanka, and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, were both found, according to their own lawyer, to have used private email servers for public business while serving in the White House, along with many other top officials in the Trump administration, including Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, According to her department's own inspector general, uh, former White House advisor Steve Bannon, former White House chief of staff Reince Priebus, former economic advisor Gary Cohn, and current White House vampire and senior advisor Stephen Miller, all of whom did the exact same thing and none of whom have faced any penalties much less lock them up chance for violating much stronger laws and rules, by the way, that are in place now than they were during Clinton's era as Secretary of State. Uh, making matters worse, Ivanka and Jared and other White House advisors apparently used private messaging services like WhatsApp for official, possibly classified White House business. Well, add another to that long list of scofflaw Donald Trump uh, officials today. According to Politico, the National Archives and Records Administration has launched an investigation into Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross's use of private email for official business. According to a letter made public this week, the inquiry was triggered by a profile of Ross last month in the Washington Post, which cited government-related emails that the watchdog group Democracy Forward received from Ross's private account. The group obtained the messages through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. An archives official, Lawrence Brewer, wrote in an October 9 letter to Commerce's chief information officer, quote, the National Archives and Records Administration has become aware of a potential unauthorized disposition of U.S. Department of Commerce records. That would be Ross's use of private email. Brewer, the chief records officer of the United States government, cited the Post article and noted that it asserted Ross, quote, used personal email for official business. Uh, they, uh, a Brewer has asked for a response from Commerce within 30 days. You think they'll get one? <laughs> Word of national uh, of the National Archives inquiry comes as a court fight escalates over Ross's emails as well. In a court filing on Wednesday, the Justice Department attorneys 
said that the Commerce Department uh, should not be required to conduct a direct search of Ross's personal email accounts, even though searches of Commerce Department's uh, accounts found 280 email chains, not just emails, but chains, 280 email chains over a 16-month period that contained references to one or more of the four private email accounts that Ross used. Four. Commerce attorney Michael Cannon wrote on multiple occasions the secretary directed the initial email sender to use his official government email address on future communications regarding agency business. The government lawyers, however, stopped short of explicitly saying that they were certain that Ross had complied with a 2014 law that requires a 2014 law. So, by the way, that was, uh, I believe, after Hillary Clinton was uh, no longer the Secretary of State in the uh, Trump that is correct. In the, John uh, Kerry Obama would have administration. Been by right. So, the uh, 2014 law now requires federal employees forward any official records contained in private accounts to a government account within 20 days. Uh, at issue in this case, uh, according to the Justice Department attorney Johnny Walker. Yeah, that's actually his name. <laughs> uh, at issue here is whether commerce must access and search a high-level official's personal email account for merely duplicative emails. It should not, says the uh, DOJ attorney, though how he knows that the emails would be merely duplicative, that's not exactly clear to me. After uh, the group Democracy Forward uh, files uh, a response to the government's submission, the uh, district judge Dabney Friedrich, an appointee of Donald Trump, will have to decide whether commerce has met its legal obligation or is required to do more searching of Ross's private emails, uh, whether they're actually required to do that under this new law. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit Court ruled in 2016 that emails a government official keeps on a private server or account are not automatically beyond the reach of a FOIA request. However, the court did not provide clear guidance on how often or under what circumstances federal officials would be required to search such private accounts. Uh, in the Washington Post article last month, Ross was quoted as rejecting claims that he was defying federal record-keeping laws. He said, quote, These hysterical, baseless allegations of illegal activity are without merit. Of course, if it wasn't for hysterical, baseless allegations, Wilbur Ross wouldn't even be the Commerce Secretary at this point. The hysterical, baseless allegations made about Hillary Clinton's emails... None of that, uh, you know, stopped an entire presidential campaign from being run on the idea that Trump's political opponent should be locked up for doing exactly what it appears that Wilbur Ross has done in spades. And, of course, again, Hillary Clinton did it back when the laws were much less clear on this. Uh, through the FOIA suit, Democracy Forward obtained evidence that Ross used non-government accounts to send or receive official correspondence about interactions with European trade officials, details on meetings with German carmakers, and American billionaire Bill Koch, according to the Post. Bill is the other Koch brother, the third Koch brother, yep. as I recall. 
Uh, hey, speaking of uh, locking them up here uh, before we get to a break, and uh, yeah, I guess this is a little bit of impeachment-related uh, news, sort of. Testing Congress's oversight powers on Tuesday of last week, Rudy Giuliani announced that he does not intend to comply with a congressional subpoena from the House Impeachment Inquiry Committees and that he would, quote, See what happens if the committees decide to enforce that subpoena. He told ABC News that as of last week, he was no longer even retaining an attorney. Uh, attorney John Sale, um, well, it helped him apparently to write a letter to Congress on the day his compliance was due, saying that Giuliani was would not comply with their uh, lawful subpoena. Um, and then Sale, John Sale, either immediately quit or was fired. Either way, they parted ways and Rudy was left without an attorney and he said he doesn't need one. He said, we'll see what happens if they try to uh, force compliance of that subpoena. Well, that was last week. Uh, of course, he's been a major player in the pressure campaign to force Ukrainian officials to take up fake allegations against former Vice President Joe Biden uh, and into the 2016 election. But Giuliani's actions are also now reportedly the subject of both criminal and counterintelligence investigations by federal prosecutors in the Southern District of New York which is the office that Rudy used to lead as U.S. attorney back when he was only a somewhat more legitimate human being. Uh, several of Rudy's associates, most notably the Soviet-born Ukrainian-American Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, were arrested two weeks ago on campaign finance charges as they were preparing to leave the country with one-way tickets. Uh, to Vienna, where they were reportedly going to meet Rudy and a Russia-friendly Ukrainian oligarch who is facing extradition to the U.S. on fraud and money laundering charges. But while last week Giuliani found himself lawyerless for some reason and in no hurry to get a new one, he's now reportedly in a hurry to get a new one. At least according to uh, CNN, late on Wednesday night, Rudy Giuliani has been approaching defense attorneys for some reason for possible representation, according to three different sources familiar with the matter. The move by Giuliani, who is Donald Trump's personal attorney, though working for him for free, is notable because last week he said he would not uh, be seeking a new lawyer unless he felt he needed one. Well, I guess he needs one. Uh, he told CNN last week, if they take me to court, I would then have to get another lawyer. Earlier on Wednesday of this week, Giuliani said he had not heard from the FBI, the U.S. attorneys for the Southern District of New York, or any other lawyer pertaining to the Ukraine matter, if you believe him. Uh, he would not directly comment Wednesday morning to CNN about whether he has hired or is in the process of hiring an, a criminal a criminal attorney. As CNN previously reported, people close to Giuliani have been advising him to hire one, hire a criminal lawyer. As questions linger about uh, his connections to Parnas and uh, Fruman, he had been resisting that advice, according to those people. CNN reported earlier this month that investigators looking into Giuliani's business dealings in Ukraine have dug into everything from possible financial entanglements with alleged corrupt Ukrainian figures, perhaps like that one that uh, he and uh, uh, Parnas and Fruman were going to meet in Vienna before they were arrested at the airport. 
Uh, so they've been looking into that, as well as to counterintelligence concerns concerns raised by some of those business ties that Giuliani has. According to the White House readout of Donald Trump's now infamous call to pressure Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, the Ukrainian president said that he was well aware of Giuliani's efforts to uncover information that would help Trump politically, and Trump encouraged Zelensky to speak with Giuliani because, uh, quote, he knows very much what is happening. Trump, the uh, memo of this call showed, pressed Zelensky to work with Giuliani to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter, about which uh, CNN properly adds, there is no evidence of wrongdoing in Ukraine by either Biden. Okay, so a little bit of impeachment there, uh, but only to point out how Rudy may be uh, in his own hot water uh, of his own dumb making, frankly. Uh, it's not only Donald Trump's career that Giuliani is hell-bent on destroying. Apparently, he's working on destroying his own as well. All right, a quick break here and some health care news, some good health care news. Yeah, actually, a little bit, a little, and some not. So good healthcare news. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the broadcast. Nicely done. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Well, consumers will have more health insurance choices next year under the much-debated Obama health care law, and premiums will dip, at least slightly, for many, according to uh, Associated Press and uh, the Trump administration this week. Wait, what? I thought that Obamacare was dead. I thought it was gone. I thought it was a disaster. Isn't that what Donald Trump told us? That's what he says all the time uh, when when the Republicans and he decide to talk about it. 
Donald Trump was elected on the promise to repeal Obamacare, but despite his repeated efforts, the program has stabilized three years into his administration, especially since he has stopped trying to undermine it quite as much as he had been. That, however, may be short-lived. The administration is asking a federal appeals court in New Orleans to overturn the entire Affordable Care Act as unconstitutional. So an overhang of uncertainty is clouding its future, says Associated Press. But for now, the Department of Health and Human Services is touting a second consecutive year of positive sounding numbers. An additional 20 insurers will participate for 2020, expanding consumer choice in many states. Nearly 70% of customers will have three or more insurers from which to pick a plan. Well, no wonder. We should kill this plan. We should kill Obamacare in that case. Sounds terrible. Uh, But, you know, it. of course, yes, it is not single payer for all, but it is something and a good deal more than existed before, uh, before the Affordable Care Act was put in place. About 10 million people are covered through the health laws insurance markets, which offer taxpayer-subsidized private plans for people who are not covered on their job. Former President Barack Obama's namesake law, as AP calls it, well, it's really it's not his namesake law. It's called the Affordable Care Act. Uh, But, yeah, a lot of people call it Obamacare. Uh, The the law will be, uh, any idea how old Desi Doyen? Um, No. Next year? It will be 10 years old. Wow. Next year. And we're still uh, debating and talking about it on air. Oh, well, come on. That's what Republicans do. They're still debating Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and whether, you know, Americans deserve to get any help from all the taxes that they pay. Yeah, you're right. It's a lifelong, eternal battle. Premiums for a hypothetical 27-year-old choosing a standard plan will decline by 4% on average in 2020 for states that are served by the federalhealthcare.gov website. About a dozen states run their own sign-up websites. Uh, most, however, rely on healthcare.gov. A low-cost, mid-range plan for that hypothetical 27-year-old Uh, will charge monthly premiums of $374 next year, according to officials. But pay no attention to that number. Because of the law's income-based subsidies, that uh, that $375 uh, monthly premium can drop to around $50 a month for a 27-year-old. So sign-up season for the 2020 uh, year begins November 1 in most states. It runs through December 15. Uh, states that run their own open enrollment may have different dates. Uh, however, coverage starts in any event January 1. So now, well, not now, but in a week or two is uh, is the time to uh, sign up. You can already start shopping around now at healthcare.gov. The appeals court, meanwhile, in New Orleans could issue its ruling during this time over the next few weeks or months. But the um, HHS Secretary Alex Azar says he's not concerned about it. Of course he's not. Uh, if the judge says the whole program should be tossed, he says our, mes- our messaging would be to keep calm and carry on because the case is expected to go to the Supreme Court thereafter. He says there will be no immediate disruption to anyone. 
Of course, even with rates dropping and uh, that great $374 plan costing just $50 a month for those who qualify for federal subsidies, people who do not qualify for income-based assistance must pay full price. And that is before any deductibles and co-pays. And that is just one of the reasons that the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates are so passionately debating how to either fix or augment or entirely replace the Affordable Care Act, potentially with a single-payer Medicare for All style plan. Well, that's good. And it's a healthy debate, no pun intended. Uh, That, while Republicans aren't discussing it at all or they are actively trying to figure out new ways to kill the federal health care plan entirely. Um, Now, I believe, though they may disagree on how to do it, the Democrats actually do care about making affordable health care available to all Americans. So that is why it drives me so nuts when I see Democrats getting anywhere near stories like this terribly written one from Reuters this week. Uh, And by the way, Reuters is not the only one to miscover this issue. Uh, But here's how their story leads. A Massachusetts judge on Monday declined to immediately halt a ban on the sale of vaping products. The ban was adopted after an outbreak of e-cigarette-related lung injuries, But the judge said the state must redo the ban and get public comment this time. So um, the the, the ban will not be immediately halted. The state of Massachusetts can try again. But um, so that's good. But a couple of problems here that uh, had I not been forced off the air for a month recently due to a family emergency, I suspect I would have already railed about. But hey, Reuters. The lung injuries are not related to e-cigarettes. They are related to black market cannabis vaping products, not to nicotine products, not to nicotine vaping, which is helping to save the lives of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans each year who are hearing these horribly written stories, seemingly blaming nicotine vaping for these recent deaths and injuries And so these people are terrified by this, many of them going back to cigarettes, which are far, far more deadly. Or Americans who might be interested in quitting deadly cigarettes by moving to vaping. But they're not because they think they may be killed from it if they do, thanks to the last month or more of terrible reporting on this, yes, health crisis, but one that doesn't have anything to do with nicotine vaping. It has to do with THC cannabis vaping products that have been purchased uh, off the streets, off the black market or, or black market products that have somehow made their way into legitimate shops. I can't tell you how many people, uh, you know, when I had to take off for a month to take care of my dad and his passing, etc., who, you know, who saw me vaping. Yes, I'm a vapor. It has saved, I believe, saved my life. Um, you know, who said, oh, boy, shouldn't you be quitting that? Aren't you going to isn't that going to kill you? No, it's not going to kill me. It's nicotine vaping. It is not THC cannabis vaping from vape cartridges that were purchased in the black market off the street. And I can't believe how irresponsible so many of these media outlets have been in covering this story over the past several months. Yes, because 
so many people that I have talked to had no idea that these uh, that these injuries, these lung injuries that have been occurring across the country had nothing to do with nicotine vaping. We're only regarding THC, black market THC. Now, there are some cases. And that's cases. marijuana. And by, by the way, by the way, yeah. that really does point up the need to legalize marijuana, to decriminalize it so that folks in these states who cannot get access to this medicine can get access to safe and legal medicine for themselves. And uh, and of course, if it's for recreational use, as we have out here in California, fine. But at least there's some regulation. There's some oversight. You don't have to buy it on the street corner. You don't have these uh, companies popping up that are uh, creating these deadly mixtures basically by, you know, cutting their the actual product, cutting the actual THC by putting in a dangerous product, uh, product that is actually killing people. That should be the concern. Not banning vaping from people who are saving their lives with nicotine vapes. The ruling in Massachusetts by Suffolk County Superior Court Judge Doug Wilkins in Boston was a partial victory for the Republican governor out there, Charlie Baker, who through an executive order last month adopted the toughest sales ban of any state in response to the outbreak. They're banning nicotine vaping in response to an outbreak of injuries from THC vaping, black market THC vaping. So at least here, uh, this was a Republican acting like an idiot, uh, if a liberal Democrat-ish one, I guess, uh, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, uh, rather than a Democrat who tried to institute it, at least in Massachusetts, but it's usually Democrats who are undermining this really health miracle that could save the lives of as many as half a million Americans each year. But Suffolk County Superior Court Judge Doug Wilkins said Baker likely overreached his authority in issuing the order and said he would bar the state from enforcing the ban on nicotine vaping product sales unless several defects were addressed. So why were they banning nicotine vaping at all? Why aren't they banning cigarettes? Oh, yeah, they're still selling those in Massachusetts, aren't they? Wilkins nonetheless concluded that immediately halting the ban as the industry trade group Vapor Technology Association, or VTA, wanted uh, through its lawsuit challenging the September order would, quote, contravene the public interest. Not sure what the public interest here is in uh banning a product that is saving people's lives. Uh, The judge gave Baker's administration until next week to reissue the ban through an emergency regulation and said the state must also provide a chance for vape shops, which are being put out of business, and other members of the public to comment on this ban. Wilkham said uh, in his ruling, said, said nothing in his ruling would affect the ban's application to products containing THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, which is legal in the state, or uh, neither would it affect uh, uh, black market products. So at least that part of it is somewhat on target, as I understand it. Why nicotine vaping is brought into this, I don't understand. Uh, Tony Abood, VTA's executive director, said it regretted that the ruling would regretted the ruling and would seek to block the ban still, which the group has called an, quote, existential threat to the state's $331 million nicotine vaping products sector. 
Uh, finally, now down here at, at the end of another misleading sentence, way down near the bottom of uh, the article, Reuters finally notes they say uh, at least 1,479 e-cigarette linked lung injuries have been reported have been reported nationally to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. It says most cases, the CDC says most cases have been linked to products containing THC, particularly those obtained off the street. Why is that at the bottom of the article? In its lawsuit, Washington-based VTA argued Baker's emergency order was an unconstitutional overreach and was arbitrary as it claimed to target youth vaping and the outbreak by banning all sales to anyone in the state, regardless of age. Several other states, including Michigan, New York, Washington, Oregon, and Rhode Island, have recently moved to restrict the sales of flavored e-cigarettes, saying that they pose a health risk to teenagers. So, sure, ban them for everybody. Does that include my double espresso flavor that I use that, that has helped me to quit my two-pack-a-day uh, cigarette habit overnight? Or do I need to go back to cigarettes as well if I move to uh, one of those Democratic-run states that are idiotically killing Americans with their ill-considered ban on a life-saving device? All right, quick break. Speaking of life-saving, we're back with Desi Doyen to save our lives with the latest Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Five major corporations now control more than 80 percent of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100 percent independent, 100 percent listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yeah, I know. But if I don't talk about it, who will? Nobody will. And that's, uh, you Somebody's got to set the record straight on this stuff. Uh, uh, no kidding. That ought to be the name of this show. If I don't talk about it, who will? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of stuff I talk about that nobody else is willing to talk about for some reason. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. Our latest green news report. As crews battle the flames, two major electric companies are watching the weather. California utilities announce more widespread preemptive blackouts. Trump's rollbacks of clean air standards are killing Americans. U.S. Supreme Court refuses to block climate liability lawsuit. Plus, the oil industry's denial campaign placed private corporate interests above the national public interest. Former Exxon scientists confirm oil giant lied about climate science. You don't say. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And scientists say humans are ending an extinction period. Ah, well, we had a good run except for the wars, the slavery, the pollution, and the genocide. I, probably for the best, really. <laughs> this is your Green News Report. I'm gonna soak up the sun. 
Okay, Desi Doyen. Well, California's super extended wildfire season continues, and California consumers continue to pay the price. Yes, the National Weather Service has forecast another round of hot, dry, and windy conditions for California, bringing, quote, extremely critical fire conditions across much of the state. So the state's two largest power companies, Pacific Gas and Electric and Southern California Edison, have announced they will again initiate preemptive power outages, affecting nearly a million customers to prevent their aging equipment from sparking deadly wildfires. You know, we paid a lot of money to these electric companies. You'd think they could have buried their wires by now, knowing for years that this is a problem. City and state officials claim that the utilities may be using the blackouts to avoid liability in place of that long-term expensive fire prevention and maintenance. Customers will have to get used to it. The utility CEO suggests preemptive power outages will likely be an annual occurrence over the next 10 years. Oh, fantastic. Once again, state of California by these power companies. Some big developments in climate liability lawsuits. The U.S. Supreme Court this week refused a bid by the oil industry to place an emergency stay on a lawsuit brought by the city of Baltimore, which is suing 21 oil companies for their role in causing climate change and lying about it. Good. Baltimore is seeking damages to pay for the rising costs of climate disasters. There are at least a dozen significant lawsuits against oil companies from cities and municipalities across the U.S. that are underway right Right now, all are likely headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Good. And climate damages, by the way, are already costly. NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, announced that 2019 is the fifth year in a row that the United States has suffered 10 or more climate-related billion-dollar disasters in a single year. That's disasters that cost the U.S. taxpayer more than $1 billion each. Four of those have occurred since May, and 2019 isn't even over yet. Yeah, but corporate profits are at an all-time high, so there's that. In Washington, the U.S. House Oversight Committee this week examined the oil industry's decades of deception in lying to the public and attacking climate science. Climate scientist Dr. Marty Hoffert, who worked as a consultant for Exxon in the 1980s, confirmed in his testimony that Exxon executives knew and understood the danger of their product and causing global warming early on. But instead, they chose to launch a million-dollar public disinformation campaign to, quote, deliberately confuse the public and lawmakers about coming catastrophic climate impacts. What they did was wrong. They spread doubt about the dangers of climate change. They deliberately created doubt when internal research confirmed how serious a threat it was. As a result, in my opinion, Homes and livelihoods will likely be destroyed and lives lost. Dr. Hoffert also noted that he and his team accurately predicted decades ago where CO2 levels would be today in 2019. But he also said the impacts are actually arriving faster than they had projected. Finally, a new analysis of Environmental Protection Agency data by Carnegie Mellon University confirms that U.S. air pollution, after years of improvement, is getting worse. The timing coincides with the Trump administration's rollbacks of clean air regulations and with the increase in massive wildfires in the United States. Researchers concluded that the spike in air pollution may have taken the lives of almost 10,000 additional Americans over just the last two years. Through line in all of today's stories, 
Corporations are doing great, making tons of money, and we, the people, are paying the price for it in taxpayer dollars and in our lives. Just happened to notice that. For much more on all of these stories and the many that we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. You can find, follow, and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. And our thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help celebrate our upcoming 1,000th episode of the GNR. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Certainly will. And by the way, those comments that I made there uh, about uh, the corporate uh, greed that's killing us all, uh, we we recorded the Green News report this morning before Gavin Newsom's, uh, Governor of California's uh, comments about damn near the same thing, talking about dog-eat-dog capitalism and greed meeting meeting uh, uh, climate change and how we are so not prepared for the impacts of climate change i mean uh just because in part because of corporations that have helped republicans and some democrats in congress block all action on infrastructure on trying to rebuild and repair and prepare our infrastructure for climate impacts because this kind of reckoning is coming for every single state it sure is. Uh, oh, and by the way, yeah. a Green New Deal would help with that. Yeah, it would. A jobs <clears throat> engine would is uh, to fix all of these things that need to be repaired. If you miss that, uh, that those those uh, rather startling comments coming from a governor uh, from Gavin Newsom uh, that we played earlier in the show, I recommend you go back and give him a listen. You can download uh, this program or any other anytime for free at bradblog.com. Uh, and that, of course, is thanks to all of those of you who have uh, stopped by bradblog.com to help us continue what we try to do every day over your public airwaves, as we have been for so many years. Uh, like I say, being the ones, if we don't say them, who will? A lot more people are saying the things that we have been saying for so many years. It's good to hear. But there's still a lot more to be said. So uh, thank you for those of you who uh, can set up a monthly uh, donation at bradblog.com slash donate. We don't keep anyone from uh, reading the material at bradblog.com or downloading our shows, but that is thanks to those of you who help everyone else do it. So thank you. All right, you can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I am what? The Brad Blog. Thank you for remembering. We'll <laughs> see you there. And to all of you, we will see you soon once again right here on the Bradcast. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>